The people crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Tune in for disruptive conversations, experiences, and more we wouldn't normally share on tape. Coming up on this week's episode of On Tape. I'm also going to start with my bank account because the baby girl lifestyle is my portion. <laughs> because I have a friend that likes to say, have the audacity of a white man. I, I've said yes a lot this year to stuff that I wasn't saying yes to. Um, to be honest, the biggest thing I was afraid of this year is that the podcast would fail. Having that intentional support where someone is actually reaching out like you can talk to them without feeling like, oh, you're going to be shamed. I didn't have any set boundaries. Like, I was giving everyone 300%. There's a time I used to have, like, some sort of savior complex where I'm like, you're my friend. You're going through it. I have to fix it. I have to. And I would imagine what I would want and then project it on the person. And I, I couldn't, like, leave my room. Because there are times in part, like, just snap out of it. Like... It's always hey, the advice you get. You advice. get over it. Uh-huh, you get over it. Stop being lazy. Mm. Yeah, and you know, in Christian circles, someone be like, those are just evil spirits. Because recently, I actually wrote a blog post where I just wrote an open letter to someone that's like going through it. Mm. You know, because sometimes I'm like, you know what? Maybe you don't, you're not receiving a letter from your friend, but you could come on the internet and then you see this letter and then it speaks to you. So calling people heroes doesn't fix a broken system. In this country, they'll say, oh, um, they like to call it defilement. I just hate that word. Because it's taken, it's rape. Yeah. But defilement, oh, this is, because children cannot give consent, yeah? I'll never forget this one time, I received a patient, she was, she had come to give birth, but then the person she had come with was also a child, and she wanted to sign as a next of kin. The sex trade was just crazy. The end of the year is an amazing time not just to reflect on our wins and where we've gone short but also a time to look back at how we've genuinely felt throughout the year. For me 2023 has been one of the best years of my life even though it didn't quite feel like it. Um, It's been entirely a year of growth and intentionality has been the theme of my year from everything from friendships from work family money and just life generally i sat down with the amazing dr fiona laker to just reflect on how our year has been and I didn't think there was a better way to do that um, other than this amazing mental health check-in that I found on the internet. Um, This check-in has about 52 questions that will help you to analyze the biggest part of how you felt in 2023 and the link has been shared in the description so please make sure you check it out and just dig deep into what 2023 has meant for you as an individual so make sure you stick around till we get to that part of this episode but for now i 
I just wanted to share a bit um, on some of the reflections that I've had on life, especially at the end of the year. And if you're listening to this, then you've definitely made it to 2024. So happy new year and congratulations upon that. Gratitude has been a big theme for my year and i think it's important for us to be grateful for even the smallest things like being alive today because there are people that have not made it to the new year um when i got my christmas break and um, left the city it brought up a lot of time for self-reflection and internalization and even though i had been feeling i want to say yucky because um the last two months of the year weren't the best for me and that kind of tainted what had been an amazing year it was easier for me to look at everything that was going wrong at the end of the year um i left my house because of something traumatic that happened and so i had to start looking for a new place and that kind of spanned me my anxiety was high and in that moment i forgot how good 2023 had been to me this had been the year that i had done that which i had thought i would never do my baby the podcast was born even though at the start of the year i was scared and afraid and wondering how i was going to do it somehow i had managed to push through and not only had i done it to an average level but i had excelled at it and i felt so fulfilled with just how many lives the podcast had touched this year the conversations that i had and the experiences that the podcast allowed me to live not forgetting just how much it had contributed to my self growth journey i have had to acquire a lot of healthier habits and change a lot of my ways to be able to keep consistent and keep showing up for the podcast and this energy spread out to all the other parts of my life it's been an amazing year workwise and i feel like i have grown even in my skill as a digital marketer and strategist i have grown the most this year i have back the most clients that I have this year and I have honestly done way better than I did last year. I have put myself out there and widened my work network. Opened myself up to the idea of putting myself out there. I have been present and willing to learn and figure out what I needed to do better to get better at my craft. 2023 is also the year that I decided I was going back to school going back to finally do something I'm crazy about and I don't take that for granted my friendships have blossomed the most this year and I have tried to be as present and intentional as I can be I have put myself out there and made so many new friends um most especially female friendships um that has been a goal for me this year to have more female friends and um sisters that I can live life with and that has involved me having to rekindle friendships that had died out and revisit what I had done on my part to cause that accountability has been a strong pillar of growth for me
this year the relationship that i have with my family is also at the, at the best that it's ever been and that's not been easy but it's involved setting boundaries communicating and not being afraid to say my mind anymore intentionality this year has been the year where i said i refuse to just exist within my family and i want to know them and actually bond with them get to know who they are and what keeps them moving and that is a theme that will continue for 2024 but the biggest lesson that i've learned is that it takes two in any relationship and it's not just people that have done things to me i've done things to people as well so forgiveness that's been a big part of this year I have completely forgiven myself this year and that has come with a lot of self-love and selfishness that I needed because I'm just one of those people that's been putting myself last and this year I was number 1 and that has definitely contributed to me being fully present as a whole person in my relationships at work it's helped me be a better person it's helped me be able to be there for others and it's helped me be able to love others because i now love myself and that has been the biggest game changer for my love life i now love myself way too much to settle for anything less than that that i deserve my standards have evolved and that has reflected even in the people that i have attracted this year i've not needed 2 years to figure out that i was incompatible with someone i've been awake with my eyes wide open my ability to quickly realize that which is not for me has been a very amazing tool this year it saves you a lot of time and heartbreak I have guarded my heart jealously this year and limited access to myself. This is also the year that I've gone celibate and that has been one of the best decisions that I've ever made in my life. It's helped me to have mental clarity and that has helped me to grow not only spiritually but also emotionally. my emotional intelligence continues to evolve and for that i am grateful i have been in touch with my emotions and that has helped me to identify my core values my non-negotiables and that has honestly made dating way easier too easy if you ask me and that's been great but there's also been the dark parts of 2023 i met grief quite a couple of times this year and that broke me i learned invaluable lessons about people and that opened my eyes up to the realities of life not everyone is going to be happy for you not everyone is going to be happy that you're doing great and sometimes well most times there will be obstacles but you must continue to fight you must keep pushing you must continuously prove people wrong you must continuously show people what you're made of i could go on and on about 2023 but then we'll talk until the cows come home but it's been genuinely a year of growth and i just felt like i needed to just have a quick update with you guys 
let you know what kind of headspace I'm in coming into this year. And this year, the energy is going to be at 100. It's going to be even better because I'm going to work even harder and I'm going to be even more willing to learn than I was this year. I want to get better and better at everything. Whether it's communicating to people and understanding their emotions or school, work, my friendships, my family. I can only go to the top from here and that's the energy that I want you to have for this year as well. I hope that you can be able to reflect back on your year and say, I said I would do that and I did it. I hope that this episode encourages you if you're feeling low about your year or if you're feeling disappointed with what you thought you would have achieved by the end of the year or where you would be. I want you to know that this year is a new beginning. It's a new chance. It's a new opportunity. So get out there and conquer. This is your host, Mosinari as usual. And welcome back to On Tape, the podcast. Okay, okay. Um, hello, beautiful people. Um, you're welcome back to another episode of On Tape, the podcast. And uh, this is your host, Musinare, as usual. Um, today I'm with the lovely, incredible... Mm. I want you to introduce yourself, um, just so you can tell these listeners who you are. Hi, beautiful people. I'm called Fiona Lake. Who am I? I am. A st- I, I like to think of myself as a storyteller. Mm. Like I tell stories through how I live, through my content. I'm also a medical doctor, mm. and I am passionate about mental health, about um, global health in general, health politics, and also social justice. Yeah, I think in a nutshell. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I have these three little questions that mm-hmm. I ask every guest that yeah. I bring on the show, just to to get into who they are. So, and I know you've already kind of given us a small chunk of that, but who are you, where are you going, and where are you coming from? Wow. What comes to mind? <laughs> who am I? Um, past all the titles. Past all the titles. I think, I think I'm a lover of people. Like, mm. at my deepest core, I just love people. I think it's that simple. Where am I going? Um, where I envision myself is to arrive to my fullest self which is just me being able to achieve all the things I've set before myself you know in terms of my career in terms of my personal life so that looks different of course for everyone but I have like an idea of what that looks like for me and that's where I like every single day I wake up that's what I work towards and then what was the third question um that was where are you going where are you coming from where am I coming from? In terms of, um, okay, let me just keep it simple. So I, I come from a family of seven. We are five kids, and I've always been a very like a bit different from my siblings. So where I'm coming from, is I've always felt like I don't fit in, and now I have recognized that not fitting in is, is not even a bad thing. So every in every space I go into, I recognize that I might not fit in, but I don't have to actually fit in. So, yeah. Amazing, amazing. I love I love that we are getting right in. Um, you talk about being different, and yeah. I love that. I've also always felt like I'm different. Mm. But take me to the beginning of your story. 
the little Fiona before you figured out all these things that you wanted to do with your career? Mm-hmm. What was that like growing up? What were your dreams? So growing up as a very as a very spontaneous child, I like people couldn't predict me. My parents felt like I of course I said I was different. So I was doing just right about everything. And then for some reason I was really good in class. So I was doing well in class, but I was also very cantankerous, like hey, the child stubborn that got as well. Into trouble, you know. And it's very shocking for people meet me now and they're like, How how they can't like reconcile that too? Mm. And then growing up, because of my character, a lot of people assumed I would maybe go into journalism or become a lawyer. I really love reading. And then people like, oh, you love literature. So that aligns more with like being a lawyer or something like that. But then as I, the older I grew, the more I aligned myself to being a doctor because I don't know, it just felt very fascinating to just, you know, someone is sick and then you treat them and then mm. they are fine. And so it's one of the things that pushed me towards wanting to be a doctor, like just the joy of feeling like I have treated this person. Mm. and then they are well so it's been like a whole process of just evolving and changing my mind because i can't say i am those people that woke up since i was a child i wasn't always like i want to be a doctor no it changes it changed (laughs) a lot like it kept changing and yeah so Uh, and here we are yeah um i love that you talked about reading so Mm. tell me about the kind of media and the books that you're exposed to growing Mm. up i want to get an idea of what shaped your approach to life So the first, okay, of course I read books like story books, but the first really serious book I read was Kosiaki Fefe. <gasps> no by way! Arthur Gawande. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that and book. that book, I feel like it had it has had such a big impact on me because just reading and seeing that he was the first, I think, to wear shoes, shoes. in his like like his whole clan it exposed me to like that social inequalities like that we experience and i think i've been growing up i've been very aware of like how the world is different how people are different Mm. and also my parents are very politically you know (laughs) my dad really loves politics and he was also very interested in reading around religions around the world so i read a lot of religious texts not just christianity like shintoism buddhism like random religious texts and so i feel like even my interests have been shaped by what i read growing up Mm. and then yeah i didn't read a lot of what i would call children's books because i i was reading i also had a cousin that used to stay with us at home and did literature so I got to read things fall apart and oh, all those books at those a really nice young African age. literature books. So, yeah. Yeah. I nice. That's the literature that exposed me. Yeah. Um. Let's let's get into faith. I yeah. know faith is a big yeah. part of your life. You. you share about that on the internet. But how how did you get into that? Was it your parents? Was it all this media you're exposed mm. to? You're talking about reading about all these other religions and all that. How did you? How did your story with faith begin? So growing up, of course, my parents are primarily Christian, but they've also had like shifts in the Christianity because they've gone through different sects at some point. Because also, like I said, my dad used to read a lot of, he had those books, like I would find them and also read them. But I think it wasn't until form three that I decided on what exactly I wanted faith to look like for me. And my parents and I do not exactly believe the same things we don't like we don't align on every aspect of faith but we are all christian and i like to think of myself as a christian i don't like to say oh i'm this particular (coughs) i'm this particular sect but i'm a christian and of course my christian values were shaped by 
my experiences, but also as I studied, you know, like the Billy context and history, it made more sense to me than anything else I had studied. Mm. So that's how I like built this spiritual, you know, philosophy that I hold. I love that. Mm. Um, so as an adult now, uh, tell me about the things you do and how faith is a big part of all that. Mm, I go to church a lot. Mm-hmm. I attend a midweek service. I, I go to church a lot. I just, you know, it's like a very pivotal part of my life. And also, um, yeah, I, I, I interact a lot with like Christian content, maybe concerts. Like that's mm-hmm. the only time I'll probably leave the house. Yeah. So faith is generally, I feel like it's a very big aspect of my life generally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I love to see that um, I feel like young people are not mm. specifically like inclined towards faith. Mm. And I feel like there's always just that uh, narrative, you know, just about young people who are into uh, just faith being, I don't want to say discriminated, or just being those, you know, those yeah. holy people, just being tagged <laughs> as that. But how did you maneuver that growing up? Um, so for me, like, like I said, I always knew I was different. So because I've grown up with the realize, like I always knew that I have never really felt like I fit in so perfectly. So mm. people think feeling like my faith was so strange to them didn't shock me because I expected them to feel like, oh, you believe like that? Mm, at this age, like that. Like, like that. Come on, like why are you, you know, putting yourself in some random bondage? But trust me, like people assume you've not tried to, you know, move away from certain things. But you know when something is like ingrained in who you are, there's a way you just keep going back to it. And mm. also, I am also surrounded by a lot of people that are like me. So it's not a very like, oh, you're one in a, oh, one in a million or one in seven billion. Like I'm surrounded by like-minded people, and it's a community that you know. Just mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, so let's get into mental health, and yeah. you've already talked about the people that you've surrounded with. Tell me about your circle of like, how do you keep mm. your life watered? What What are these things that you do? How do you keep yourself happy? So I have I have a thing that I do with my friends. It's like a mental health check-in in terms of mental health. So I, cause I have a friend that I speak to and she likes to call it therapy. She's like, oh, I want to call you tomorrow and I'm calling you for therapy. That's so you know, she's mm. calling you to actually it's going do to be a, inter- deep like it's a deep conversation concerning where you are, where they are at, what they're going through and stuff like that. So having that intentional support where someone is actually reaching out, like you can talk to them without feeling like, oh, you're going to be shamed Mm. or you're going to be judged or you're going to be you get so that freedom or having that safe space has really been important for me and i'm surrounded with a lot of people that are like that and i'm a very deep person i don't like shallow <laughs> but yeah. like shallow connections like ah. i don't like to be just acquainted with someone so i just i don't know you on a deeper level yeah, so if i call you my friend we are actually friends like i'm going to show up at a certain level for you and i'm also a very acts of service person so i am the kind of person that you call and i'll show up so that's how a lot of my connections are so just showing up for each other it doesn't always have to be talking sometimes it's i'm going to a friend of mine don't call me and say they're going through it and i'll take them for a meal sometimes i'll take them i'll pay for them i don't swim but i can pay for them swimming and i'll just show up and more support, support yeah? yeah so it's or I could pay for a therapy session in case, you know, they are low on cash and they just need that. So just recognizing what the person needs. And I like to ask people, what, how can I help? 
as I opposed to that. projecting the help because there's a time I used to have like some sort of savior complex where I'm like, you're my friend, you're going through it, I have to fix it, I have to, and I would imagine what I would want and then project it on the person and I learned the hard way that, you know what, let the person decide, if the person tells me, they just want you to be present and be quiet, mm. it's what I'll do. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So you talk about how you water your own, you know, mind and mm. all that. But now, how did you get to a point where you wanted to share about mental health, talk mm. to people about mental health? How did you get to that point? Oh, that's that's a really long story. But um, we have time. So yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. I I went through a really really hard phase. I think it was 2018. So before that, I used to, I think, experience these things. I'd be like, oh, I'm a bit, I'm just feeling very sad. But I'm just mm. like, mm, it comes, it goes, it comes, it goes. It was like very trivial. And then you'd also experience like a bit of anxiety. Maybe you want to do exams. It's just oh, like, yeah, the panic. Mm, the panic. But then you're like, you can't eat. And then I used Stomach to my, Yeah, <laughs> you're going to school. Like they would be taking me to school on like day one, my parents. And then I'm having, I couldn't eat food. Mm. And I didn't even know that Because me, I remember anxiety. I would keep feeling like I want to pee. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we don't, like, you wouldn't know. <laughs> You're like, until 2018. Now, 2018, a lot happened. One of them was, I really lost, I lost two people that are really, really close to me. Sorry about and that. it was, you know that thing where you feel like you've prayed to God, like this person has to get better because they were all unwell. Yeah. And like these people also like, you know how you talk to someone and they're very positive. They're like, no, fear not me. I'm going to get fine. Don't worry. And stuff like that. And then they all succumbed. And it like it really messed with me but also around the same time i was going through so much other things in like my personal life school school was very hectic and then when i was at school i i was i always had like a part-time job so i had so much going on that's yeah uh, and really, that's a medical course yeah, yeah so i was really really overwhelmed <laughs> yeah so that's when i i just somehow started to i, I couldn't like leave my room you know i would you know how like I, I, I'm a very, like, I love to meet people. I love to. But imagine someone would be like, oh, Fiona, I should come through. And I'm just like, I can't make it. And there's no reason. Mm. You know? You just want to be alone. You just bed. want to be alone. And then I couldn't do, like, most basic things. Like, I was, just, I was actually depressed, but I didn't even know. At that time, I hadn't yet done my specials, so I hadn't done psychiatry. I didn't even know what clinic, like, I heard about it, but I didn't know what clinical depression looks like, you know? And then I realized later on, because I, we, cause we used to work at hospital, so I went to hospital and left. My friend's like, oh, there's this guy, he's a he was a clinical psychologist in the hospital. And then I talked to him, and he's like, oh my God, this looks familiar. Mm. <laughs> yeah? So from then, I just realized how many more people don't yeah. actually know that they are depressed. And I write a blog, so I used to write poetry about how I was feeling, even when I didn't know. So, like, when I go back and read my poetry now, I'm like, oh, my God, this is very messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, the poetry is just, you know, you read poetry and you're like, this person needs help, mm. yeah? And so from then, I just thought, let's just have the conversation. Let's normalize the conversation. Let's have it more often. Because also, because um, at times in part, like, just snap out of it, like... It's always hey. the advice you get. You advice. get over it. Uh-huh, you get over it. Stop being lazy. Mm, time uh, will heal. Uh-huh. And also now as a Christian, you know in Christian circles, someone be like, those are just evil spirits. Pray. What? And then you just, you don't recognize that this is someone who don't, doesn't even have that. Like at that point, they feel like they can't even pray. They can't even do the basic things. So 
that's one of the things that really made me start just having the conversation. And for me, it was always, let's normalize talking about it, and then the rest we shall find ahead. But for starters, let's talk mm. about this. Let's be as normal as possible. Like the same way you say, I have malaria. We should be able to say, I feel a bit depressed. I feel overwhelmed. I'm tired. Um, yeah. Mm. I love that. I love that you talked about it. It's so funny. I think I was talking to a, a, a friend of mine. She's a poet as well. Mm. And we were comparing notes on how I'd always done only sad poetry. I'd never written a happy poem in my life. Mm. For me, poetry was this place where I went to to release when I was mm. feeling a lot of pain, a lot of grief. And it's just, um, it's just, it was also for me, I think, one of the first signs for me. You know, you go back in your journal and you're like, oh, I think I was really dealing with depression. Yeah. But I was 10 and I didn't even know what depression was, mm. right? So yeah, I love, I love that you're doing that and that you're helping people you know, I, I hopefully we're also going to tag your blog, but maybe just let, tell us what your blog is called so that yes. guys so can run and hunt you up. I don't blog a lot anymore. Let, let's, let me just put that out there. Mm -hmm. So my blog is Tales of a Curious Mind. And of, um, on the blog I share, of course, a bit of health, a bit of life. Uh, like I share different stuff really. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not like a single niche. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a blog where, because recently I actually wrote a blog post where I just wrote an open letter to someone that's like going through it, mm. you know, because sometimes I'm like, you know what, maybe you don't, you're not receiving a letter from your friend, but you could come on the internet and then you see this letter and then it speaks to you. So yeah, like those are just the random things I do there. Mm. I love that um, because I think that that's how I interacted with you, I think from the first time. And at that time, I think I was making a blog and you were the first person that I actually ever interviewed. And oh my goodness, when I even think back to that time, I'm just like, oh my God, that was such a different time. Yeah. But yeah, but your blog was, yeah, for me, it was that, it was a light for me. So, you know, just to show you that, you that what you're doing works. And, Thank you know, you. so yeah, at that time, I felt like I really, really needed to talk to you. And even then, I remember doing like a written, we did a written interview, but yeah. I was just like, this is not giving the, I wish we could sit down and talk. And yeah, so to Today is really like a manifestation of a dream that I had a really long time ago. So you being here is like, ah, yeah. I, I might as well relocate to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. yeah. So before we get into this interesting game, I wanted you to tell us also just a bit more of the work you do today, particularly because we had a very traumatic conversation mm. before <laughs> the start of this episode that I want us to just mm. kind of get into. If you can just uh, get into the work that you do so that uh, you yeah. can explain, yeah, a yeah, bit so, of that. So like I said, at the start of the you know conversation, I'm a medical doctor. And of course, anyone that has done medicine or gone through medical school knows how it's like in this country. It can really be a lot. Yeah. And I think it's one of the conversations we don't sometimes have because I recall I wrote something during COVID and I wrote the title was calling people heroes doesn't fix the, I think ah. the healthcare system or fi fix a broken system. And I was talking about how even the country, like the best they'll do is clap for doctors. Like doctors were dying during the pandemic and then like that's what they were saying. They were not even compensating them. There was no serious risk allowance. So like, and also having worked because during COVID, I was working at the border. I was working with Red Cross and we're working at the border, you know, supporting the response um, to the pandemic. And at the time we went, first of all, we didn't even know 
how mm. how wild COVID would get, you know. Yeah. So you're not sure whether this thing you contract it and die or something like that. You're of course, the anxiety, your own life. yeah, the anxiety was there. But like just thinking about how this is so normalized, and sometimes, of course, some people are desensitized, of course, because you constantly see death. Like the doctors, who it gets to a point where. It's you're like numb. You're, like you're numb to the fact, and I told myself I didn't ever want to get to a point where I'm desensitized because it will affect how empathetic I am. Like people will die, and I'm like, oh, like part of the another statistic, one. another one has gone. So that's one of the ways in which that work really affects you. And then I work with an NGO that does work around, you know, just policy and like in terms of health. And like one of some of the work we do is also traumatizing because. At times when you talk to a person and then you're just like, how is this person existing in this country? Because people who have gone through like really terrible health conditions, some of them are dealing with chronic health conditions. And of course, when it comes to like the money, they cannot afford it, they can't support their children. So it's, it can be a lot. And mm-hmm. like, I think generally, because I wrote, okay, let me stop talking about all the things I've written, but I wrote something on like, um, compassion fatigue because it's also one of the things that you can experience especially if you're dealing with people who have chronic illnesses or who just don't seem to be getting better and even you as a normal person who is being a caregiver to such a person because you're going to do your, the most but then you're going to get to a point and you're like this person isn't getting better why aren't they getting better so mm. you can start to blame the person you become a bit rude resentment like you resent the person and the truth is you also need help because now you're just overwhelmed because you're constantly exposed to this thing and it just doesn't seem like it has any hope of getting better so yeah in a nutshell I can imagine. Um, and you share about a uh, response to the pandemic. And I think for me, one of the, the most, I think, shocking things about the pandemic for me mm. was the, the teenage pregnancies. Yeah. And I feel like, yes, we, we got to see a lot of news about that, mm. but we just kind of moved past it, yeah. you know, like, oh, another headline. But tell me about uh, the experiences that you had mm. with these cases. So there was, I was at a general hospital at that time, and I think I was doing my... I think junior clerkship at that time. Mm-hmm. And you know, you'd receive a patient and like you're clerking them and then they're like, oh, 11 year old. Ah, you're like, what's mm. the 11 year old? What's a 12 year old? What's a 13 year old? What, like, how, how, how did how they get they? pregnant? How? And you know, of course, like in this country, they'll say, oh, um, they like to call it defilement. I just hate that word. Because it's taken, it's rape. Yeah. But defilement, oh, this is, because children cannot give consent, yeah? So defiled, oh, she was defiled and stuff like that. And then, of course, even like there are times when you have people around you who say things like, children of these days are fast. You know, mm. they don't recognize that this is a child. And the onus is on you, the adult, to protect this child. Even if a child comes to you and they're like, oh, I want to have sex with you. you Like you owe a certain level of responsibility to that child. So anyway, And the nation yeah. as an adult. So we had those. And of course, you know, it's a high-risk pregnancy. So sometimes, of course... A child like that can succumb or end up with like a fistula or end up with so many complications oh that come with that, you know. And of course, even the child that they give birth to might be, you know, have low birth weight, a premature. There's so many complications generally that come with this. And I'll never forget this one time I received a patient. She was, she had come to give birth. But then the person she had come with was also a child and she wanted to sign as a next of kin. And we were just like, you can't be a next of kin. You're a child. Mm. We need someone who can actually make decisions concerning this person's life. So it was just, 
it was just for me it was just like this where are the parents in these situations are the parents aware that these children are also giving birth are they the ones that sold them off to the, these there adults? are times when they actually are aware because now when i go back to when i was in elegu at the border there were situations whereby because there was the sex trade was just crazy and then you'd find that like you of course these are conversations you hear from like the general public and then you'd hear that there's this child and like the mother is aware that this girl is you know having sex with this old man who is giving some money that's then supporting the family so there are times when the parents are actually aware but i think when it goes back to maybe the economic situation and stuff like that then they have to make those kinds of decisions but of course that doesn't justify it you know yeah but like that's that speaks to how a lot of things then are happening because because me i believe that the government also has a role in protecting these children so if you if kids are not protected then like we are failing generally yeah so, yeah but yeah. now what was that emotional toll like for you as as a person who is looking you know mm. on from the outside so to say <laughs> so cuz first of all I, I think i think i've not i've not been as angry as i was during cuz if you people that follow me on me, twitter I'm, i'm reading i'm angry people that follow me on twitter know this cuz i used to tweet that some of these these stories i've told i've actually tweeted about them because i would be so mad and then i just go on twitter and then go off and like just rant because i just like this cannot be it and it just got to a point where i was like Let me just stop talking as much about the healthcare system because it's just going to mess with my head because mm-hmm. it was just a lot and like you know how like you think this is the worst you can ever see and then you just go and see like something a little worse something a little worse and like for me I kept recognizing the fact that the doctors in the hospital are doing their best like it seems like everyone is doing their best so the question would be like okay what can what else can be done and then the helplessness would just make you you know go into this state of Oh my god is this is this going to be life for us forever mm-hmm. and yeah oof basically okay um so um i think we should just get into our game okay. <laughs> this is so heavy <laughs> just to lighten things up a bit yeah uh before we scared i probably scared the the listeners away but yeah. <laughs> i know yeah, we're yeah. sorry <laughs> yeah but this is more interactive and then i can also pick but we both answer yeah so okay Um oh yeah before we start um mm. this is a, a questionnaire that I I think I'll add a link where I got it from but there are 52 questions and it's sort of like a mental check in that you can do at the end of the year just to check and see like how how far are things going mm. and and how am I feeling so we're going to do just a sample of some of the ones that I liked um this is the first one what were the most important things you made happen this year did any activities lead to new relationships friendships or opportunities I answer first yeah 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 the most important things i did this year ah okay i've done quite a bit but um mm. let me look at the ones that led to new relationships i think I, i've said yes a lot this year to stuff that i wasn't saying yes to especially in like in terms of work because i think the <laughs> the biggest that i did was because one of my bosses wanted me to represent them at something and then I was like normally I'd say oh isn't there someone else you mm. can ask and stuff like that so I said yes and then I go to this event and then as I'm interacting with the people there I met someone and then I was telling him oh in the future I hope to maybe do this masters in this course and then he's like oh my god I can actually recommend you and then we built a friendship based off that and 
he's turned out to be someone I'm learning a lot from. And I was like, okay. Yeah, so it's it's a risk I took, but then it's, yeah. It paid off. It paid off. I love that. Um, I love that you talked about um, finding opportunities through people. Mm-hmm. I think that mine is also closely related. Yeah. I started my podcast this year. <laughs> and that's, that's something that I had um, I'd been blogging for about two years. I had dreamt about a platform like that, but it didn't seem possible. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of this year, I was just like, I'm tired of sitting on this dream that it's nothing until someone can hear it you yeah. know it's all in my head and i met a couple of people and people have really opened up opportunities for me with this podcast like i don't know how i've done it it's just been meeting people and someone is just like oh i know someone i know someone and mm-hmm. before you know it you know you're just there so i think yeah I've, that's i've made that happen this year Congratulations. <laughs> thank you yeah. so um the question i have is What's the most important thing you have learned about your mental health this year? Ooh. Um, I think the most important thing I've learned about my mental health this year is particularly about my anxiety, mm. is that I am the one that's in control. Okay. It's, been, it's been a hard lesson. It, I've had a lot of instances where my anxiety would take over and I would stop thinking and mm-hmm. I'm just panicking and I'll just make rush decisions. But I've had to just remember that I can stop, I can breathe mm-hmm. and I'm in control of my life. Mm-hmm. And whatever this is, it's not bigger than me. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. It's not. So I've had to just, I think that's the biggest tip I've learned and mm-hmm. it's helped me through quite a lot. What about you? Mm. Um, I think mine has been on boundaries because... Um, <laughs> Boundaries. I used to struggle with my social battery a lot. I used to actually, I had gotten to a point where I couldn't like meet people because I was like, oh, my social battery is struggling. It's struggling. It's struggling. Then I realized it's because I didn't have any set boundaries. Like I was giving everyone 300%. So I just decided to compartmentalize and say, how much am I giving in what spaces I'm in? So there are times when I'm in a room and I'm like, I'm just not going to overly. Mm do it and then there are places i'm in and i'm like i'm going to give more so just being able to recognize where i'm giving what and also recognize when i just need a break Mm. yeah so that's that's one of the things i realized and it's been very helpful i love that i love that i think that helps a lot Mm. okay what habits didn't serve you well in 2023 Uh, um i think Okay, in terms of spend, I spend a lot. Let me not le- let me call myself out on this podcast. I I can sometimes be quite the spendthrift, and it's because I like to do retail therapy. Me too. <laughs> me too. When I feel a type of, I'm like, oh, I'm going through it. Let me. But let I me always buy feel better. Me, I always do. Trust me, me I, I do. When I, I buy do. something new, there's like that bottomless pit. That yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh-huh. When you buy a cute bag, so but then I realized that. As an adult mm-hmm. that needs also to pay other bills, I needed to cut that down a bit and also just like so now I put aside a fund that's just for that. I'm like, you know, this money is for retail therapy or just, you know, enjoyment. Mm. So as long as I'm in that budget, I can spend. But if I go past it, then we have to figure out some other thing to do. Yeah, yeah. that's just a nice one. That's, I think for me, a habit that didn't serve me well, I'll have to go with procrastination, mm. even though this was still last year's theme. <laughs> but I think I've evolved in yeah. that my procrastination is not as bad, mm. but um, I'm someone who has bursts. Like I have bursts of productivity and then bursts of laziness. Yeah. So if I have a lot of things to do, sometimes I'll like wait until like they're really urgent and then I'll just really blast yeah. through. 
So yeah, that's been one of my biggest problems and now obviously trying to handle work, school, mm. the podcast. It's been yeah, yeah so yeah, that that yeah. that hasn't served me. Trust, <laughs> I, I hear you on procrastination because I really used to be that person, but for me mine was rooted in the perfectionism. I <gasps> always felt like I needed to have everything figured out before mm. I start. And I just decided to start these days. These days I'm a rough. I mm. do more rough starting. Actually, yeah. I, I think I'm really more like you because I'd have to be like, okay, fine. Especially with the podcast. Yeah. Like, if I'm to start, where, where I have to have this ready. I have to have mm-hmm. this ready. And I'm just like, girl, just start. Wing it. <laughs> yeah. What do you hope will be different this time next year? Ooh. Uh, for one, the podcast. <laughs> I'm hoping that the podcast will be, you know, just growing and doing so much better than mm. it's doing. I'm hoping that I'll have, you know, reached out to way more people and yeah. hopefully impacted more people's lives, had more meaningful conversations. So I'm hoping that's different. Also, my bank account. Yeah. Yeah. This time around next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like uh, for me, 2024 mm. is the year that I'm very focused on my career right yeah. now. Everything that I'm doing is pushing for that mm. aspect of my life. So I'm hoping that my bank account will finally reflect. Yeah. It's been years of, you know, kind of pushing, but not really having mm. a lot of results. So I'm now hoping for the results. Yeah. and. Yeah, the fruits to finally yield. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also going to start with my bank account because the baby girl lifestyle is my portion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then also in terms of career, I hope to be, of course, like have grown in terms of career, better job, better work, better, just better everything. For sure. And then um, also in terms of like my relationships, because I've been very intentional about growing my relationships and just like showing up better. So I hope that they'll have also, you know, grown with that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, the way we are just <laughs> going through them. Okay. What people, situations, or events caused you to feel sad or depressed this year? This year. Mm. I think it was loss. Um, yeah. Like mm. loss, first of all, grief is just the ghetto. Yeah, but just losing people that I really care about. Yeah, I, I lost a friend of mine that mm. I really cared about and yeah it was it was really really sad and mm. you know how like there are times when you see your future and you see this person and you're like oh maybe when we arrive here like oh. you know they have all these aspirations and then they pass on so it can also like really mess mm. with you so yeah, yeah. I think eh, the lost she talked about that the aspirations because I feel like when we grieve it's not really even the loss of the person I think mm. it's more of the loss of what could have been yeah. the dream and all that and Ali I also lost a friend and I, I really shared on the podcast and after I just lost my friend I also lost my dog so what? yeah my dog that was Sorry. over a year old and I'd had this dog since it was a puppy and it was my best friend in yeah. all kinds of ways so for me that was just uh, the reality that someone can someone or something can be here and, and mm-hmm. the next moment it's gone mm-hmm. so it was me just looking back at a lot of um i wish i'd done this for mm-hmm. asteroid i wish i'd gotten her that toy i kept mm-hmm. saying i was going to get her and you know so i'm trying to live more in the moment uh, when i step out or do something i'm just trying to be as mm-hmm. present as possible because mm-hmm. i know i could die yeah. any day i think and also yeah. i think with death the permanence because you know like when i was younger i would just be like oh maybe that person has gone abroad like in my head mm-hmm. unconscious yeah but then when it hits you that like i'm not going to see this person tomorrow or mm. the next day or the next Ooh. yeah it can be a lot i hear mm. you um but i think also another sit- 
situation that has really made me very depressed this year had a lot to do with self-doubt like self-doubt really makes mm. me depressed like when i'm in moments where i'm just feeling limited i'm just feeling like i have these dreams but making them come to life is just yeah. feeling impossible i think i've had a lot of those this year where i would just feel like and and everyone outside you know it's just like oh my god you're pushing yeah. you're doing this thing but then of course also the heavy imposter syndrome mm. from the podcast and just so i think yeah those those have been the the darkest <laughs> bits yeah, i've imagine. had this year I can yeah. imagine. I know the funniest thing is most times it has to come from within like because no one can tell you no one can you convince them. you until you're convinced. Yeah. So a lot of times people will come and say, "Oh, they affirm you and affirm you, but if within you're feeling, yeah, yeah it has come from inside out." For sure. Yep. So I think the next question is mm-hmm. what were you most afraid of this year? Who? Yeah. Um to be honest, the biggest thing I was afraid of this year is that the podcast would fail. Like and I think what was wrong was my definition of what failure looked like for me at that time because I was just looking at would anyone validate this thing? What if no one showed up? What if mm. no one listened? What if it wasn't as good as I had it in my head? But then when I started, it didn't even matter anymore. It was just like there's just this force and this power mm-hmm. that was just being built in me and it's like with every episode I, i'm just like more excited to mm-hmm. come back and just talk to people and all that and i think it's the fulfillment that i've gotten mm-hmm. with that i think that has filled the hole so much that i was worried about the wrong things yeah. and yeah i think right now me fa- failing is well. like yeah me failing is like not maybe if i don't if i stop mm-hmm. you know but uh, so long as i show up i don't see that as oh as failing i like that you mentioned that because something I, I can't say i can think of something i was afraid of because also for me i learned to recognize that being afraid is part of everything like every single every t- single time i show up there'll be some kind of maybe a fear of maybe falling short a fear mm. of not achieving if you don't thing, fear how much do yeah, you care you know mm. and also like basically i'm such a do it afraid person so i feel like at every turn of life there's been some kind of fear but also I'm able to show up like despite the fear so I can't say this was the one thing I was afraid of I just knew that at every point there will be some element of fear there's I'll fear something maybe I'll fear the outcomes I'll fear what it will bring I'll fear embarrassing myself or stuff like that but regardless mm, you show like, up mm. yeah but I also love that the growth that comes with uh, the confidence that comes with fear yeah i feel like every time i've feared something you know there's so much fear like affiliated with it that when you do it you're just like oh my mm. god but then i did it yeah. it was like how much i feared to start the podcast and then i did it it's just sort of like unlock this whole thing where i'm just like but, but what can't i do yeah because it's like you said you would do it yeah. you feared but you did it and you know there's that quote that says there's it's, i think it says what if you fail or what if you fly and for me it's always that or mm. what if you fly because i'm like the possibility of failing exists but also this could be the thing that you need to get you to wherever you want to get yeah. so and then there's that thing that people like to say that a chance that you have not taken like you've already like missed it even before you take it because you didn't take it so sometimes you just have to do it afraid do mm. it afraid and yeah. take the risk <laughs> yeah who's next i think you are um what people oh um what made you feel the most inspired this year uh, um i think sh- like i was talking about showing up mm. but um 
because this year I have really, really been showing up. I, I usually receive emails where people are inviting me maybe to an event and stuff like that, and I usually say no, yeah? But then this year I have really, because there was an opportunity that um, one of my bosses recommended me for. They really be doing the most. And Shout out. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, do I think I really want, and it, was, it involved writing, but like, you know, writing that's very academic. And I mm. felt like it's not something I've been doing. I've been writing a lot of creative writing. But then I was like, you know what? Let me take this chance and do it. And then mm. I did it. And you know how like your first draft and the other person is like, this is perfect. And this was like a professor. <laughs> I was like, okay. This Imposter is syndrome will kill yeah. us. It will really kill us. And just recognizing that you have to have some audacity in this life. Because I have a friend that likes to say, have the audacity of a white man. Oh, the most privileged, the most group privileged of group people. of people have that audacity because they will show up in a room, zero qualification, mm. and have more audacity than you that has been doing this thing for ten years. So you better have that level of audacity. So I've also been, you know, pumping some audacity mm. as I show up in the rooms I show up in. Yeah, mm. what's um, all like a facade in that moment? So I think if you're just audacious and bold, like no one knows that you know you have no home, mm. you know mm. that you didn't even parent back home. Yeah. Like no one actually knows all those realities. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I think what has inspired me the most this year has been people. Um, also, I think I've put myself out as much this year. I've never done this. I mean, before it was for all the wrong reasons, but mm. I feel like the podcast has made me look at people in a new light. Every time I see someone, I'm just excited about just this person. Even whatever they are, I'm just excited mm. about their story, about their life. And this has just helped. The, even the friendships that I'm creating now are just so much like you say deeper they are not shallow yeah. yeah so i'm yeah i'm getting to know more about people and just to know that people are more than just names and faces and there's all these stories behind who they mm. are and what they do and mm. this has helped a lot in just me understanding people mm. understanding myself and the way i relate with people and and yeah so people are really inspiring yeah, and also you're telling the stories that matter because yeah. sometimes you find someone else has a similar story, but they're like, oh my God, it's just me against the world. But then listening to your podcast and realizing that there's people out there that actually relate to this exact story, mm. you know, they feel seen. So I hear you. You're doing, you're doing that thing. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. You're doing that thing. So the next is, how did you unintentionally make yourself more anxious this year? What strategies did you use to calm yourself down? Mm, that's a nice one. Um, I'm an overthinker. Let yeah. me start there. <laughs> and that is my biggest like, yeah, downfall. And so with my anxiety, what I would do is like it's a burning fire mm. and it's like I'm adding more wood, right? Yeah. So I would keep overthinking. But, you know, the situation is already bad. And in my head, I'm just like, how bad can it get? Mm. You know, so I'm in <laughs> scenarios in my head. I'm actually making it worse. Yeah. And my anxiety is going up. I'm panicking more. So mm. that was the cycle of yeah. what used to happen. And I think for the strategies, I've already kind of pinpointed at it. Mm. But it had a lot to do with me being able to stop amidst all the panic and all that to mm -hmm. be able to just breathe breathing exercises work guys to be able to just remove myself from whatever situation it is take a break go to the toilet whatever it is yeah. but just kind of take a break and now think again on like a clean canvas of like okay this like what what should we do mm -hmm. instead of just overthinking and then it's like a spiral yeah so yeah i think yeah that that's what it's means the me. news Mm. Like it's the news like I, I'm, I'm really interested in like the political space and just understanding it but it can get very triggering I got because off Twitter 
Listen, because mm. I've not been watching news like Ugandan news in like a while because I think when it comes to UG, it's mm. also this thing where it's like a personal, I feel like it matters more. Like if I see news and I'm like, this guy ended his life because he couldn't afford bread or, you know, like those things. And I'm just like, how mm. is that our reality? So it would just like really mess with me. And one thing I did is just limit how much news I watch. I'm like, I don't have to see the breaking news. I can see this news after some time, like after I have actually prepared to see it. And yeah, like it's 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 helped to an extent, but of course you can't like it's also a privilege not to be able to watch news or not to be aware of like injustices because you live in this world. At some point it's going to come into your face. At some point you're going to see it on the internet, at some point but just not e- intentionally exposing myself to it constantly has to an extent helped. I can't mm-hmm. say it's you know, but it's it to an extent helps, yeah. I love that. I love that. I think I think it really helps. Just being knowing that you're in control of everything, of your feed and all that. Yeah, yeah I think it really helps with everything, even just insecurities and mm-hmm. you know you're in control of your feed. You don't have to always be Block looking at this time of content, you know. And you can even just tell them, you know, like we are friends, but for yeah. this season of my life right mm-hmm. now, I don't think I can comfortably, you know, look at this content and just mm-hmm. be aware, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. What did you do for the first time in 2023? What did you do for the last time? Ah, that's such a... Oh my God, let me think. What did I do for the first time? Mm. Oh my God, I can't... I'm 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 struggling to think of any, like for the first time. Mm. For the last time... Okay, it's not for the last time, but I think you go first because it's like I've had a brain freeze. I'm just like... For the first time. Well, this is shallow, but um, <laughs> okay, this is not a deep. Um, yeah. I, s- I solo dated for the first time this year. Oh. I think that's one of the things that I've been intentional about. My my happiness within myself. Mm. Um, I'm just someone who has never, the idea that you can go out by yourself had just never made sense to me. What do you mean I'm seated not talking to someone? What do you mean? So I think it was a lot of practicing just that, the idea that you can go somewhere, have a good time by yourself and just find happiness in the things that you love so i've discovered a lot of things that i love that you know i love to just go and stay at art i love to go to weird parks and just look at trees so i think yeah there's been a lot of yeah self-awareness coming with all that alone time which Mm. yeah which is a bonus and and it's funny that for me it's like part of my life Mm. i go on solo dates like i could be from work and i'm just like let's let's go on a solo date Mm. like it's just it's Yo. like ingrained in who I am and I've been doing it since forever. So every time and yet the funny thing is when I go out, I meet mm-hmm. people who want to as if help me, like, Oh, can I join you? Can I come through? And I'm just oh. like, No, I am here to because be by I myself. Because I want to be by myself. Not to yeah. Yeah, I think that was also one of the biggest challenges that I realized. I think I actually addressed it in an earlier episode where I'm just like if I'm solo dating, like why why are you making pass trying to sit with me? Like mm. I came to sit here by myself. Yeah. But yeah, but you think you know what's right for me and all mm. that. But yeah, but I think that's one of the things that I I did for the first time this year. Another thing that I don't I wouldn't say I did it for the first time this year, but I've been very consistent about doing it this year and that's saying no. Because mm. I've been a people pleaser. Years of like, no. <laughs> 
I'm just yeah. like I've been a people pleaser and I feel like I started maybe about last year but I wasn't so consistent but mm-hmm. with 2023 it's been a year of me consistently evaluating actually I realized uh, people would ask me like things uh, maybe if someone asks me like can you help me do this I'll just say yes so I realized mm-hmm. like how can I think I, I was just like okay if this is a phone call that means phone calls make me anxious mm. so maybe i can say let me respond in a text and let you know yeah. if i'll be able to help you or not because before i'll just get into this whole thing where i'm just like i have to help this person or i have to do mm. this but yeah but this year i've been very much like okay what does tina need what yeah. do i need what am i gaining from this situation and yeah so it's been a lot of no's i think you've actually given me an idea <laughs> so mine has i think been saying yes more often because like mine is it's like the total opposite mm. i'm i really i think sometimes i also overdo it like i say no a lot i'm like very protected in t- in terms of like the things i accept the things i say no to mm. and so especially with socializing because i used to recognize that my social battery would struggle a lot when someone would come and tell me something, I'm just like, already, before even you finish your <laughs> sentence, before you tell me that details, I'm like, oh, I don't think I might be able to make it here. Yeah? But then this time, I have been also most spontaneous, which is not something that I do. I'm a very, let's plan. Let's mm. let's decide how far, how, where, yeah. you know, uh-huh. I, I want to know the details because also it helps me be more grounded. Mm, but I've also I been more, that. let's go. Like someone would be like, oh, can we have coffee this i don't take coffee but maybe i'll have tea can we have tea this this evening and i'm like okay let's mm-hmm. go and people would be so shocked because they know me i would be like can we do tomorrow morning at 10 a.m because then i can prepare and say at 10 i will be there then i you know like mm-hmm. very very planned so i've been more intentional about just showing up even when you know not like thinking about it as much so mm-hmm. yeah and something i think i did for the last time this year I don't know. It's just letting people like things slide. Like okay, of course it's Ooh. like it's it's not. I I I can't say I will not do it again. But mm. I'm those people like I let things slide. Like I'll just recognize, not being into confrontation. Yeah, I'm like, also not. Like someone would do something really really nasty, and I'm just like I shouldn't have done that. But I'm just like ah, life happens. Things happen. You know. But then these days I try to tell you like. I don't think that was a nice thing to do. Like, I don't want to let things slide because then it keeps piling. The next time, the person will do something very trivial and then I am triggered. And yet, it's not even that thing that they did. It's yeah, these little things they've been doing. And yet, if I had told the person, they probably would have stopped doing it. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, love, I love that you talked about that. Um, I feel like um, when you talked about your problem with uh, trying to be more spontaneous, I yeah. feel like for me, I've had... The, opposite where it's like we need more structure like i've Mm. always been a person whereby i'm free-flowing whereby it's like if you tell me let's meet up today because i've always been that person whereby i have a lot of friends but it's Mm. again it's just shallow like a lot of Mm. that's where i was coming from so coming from that place where if anyone you know it's just like i'm just like open and i'm just like plans were spontaneous yeah. so now i've become like more structured where you're like okay we need to meet and i'm like okay um let me check my schedule mm. and like i'm now like mm. more adult like like okay i think i'm available at this time yeah. instead of not doing what i was supposed to do but then i'm like i don't want to to disappoint say no you to this yeah. person yeah that was my issue yeah. so it's been like but again balance i think yeah, yeah. so i think that you have balance. to be aware so that yeah. you find like that balance of what works for you and yeah. yeah and i think also when you talked about letting 
letting things slide that that was like a thing for me because i've always hated confrontation yeah. where i'm just like i even get to a point where i'm thinking for the person i'm just like okay maybe she didn't do this because because her mom was did i'm just making all excuses. the excuses yeah. for the person instead of actually having a conversation so i'm having like more conversation i've always been a person who reads between the lines and like yeah mm. it's a good thing but sometimes like let's speak up yeah. like let's just because i would just like you know be like okay i think this person doesn't want to talk about this mm. right now but i'm like okay let's have more open conversations about things and i love the way you said um it, it keeps friendships moving because like you said if if this if you let this thing slide and it comes back like this mm. could become a real problem and now yeah. we are not friends over something so small that we could actually fix yeah, yeah that we could have actually fixed and i'm just like yeah so i i love that i nice. love that yeah nice. what did you need to forgive this year <laughs> that's uh-huh. a deep that's such a deep question um hmm but this is the theme of last year but um i think on forgiving i don't think there was anyone i needed to forgive outside of myself it was more of an internal i needed to continue forgiving myself and that's something that had already started in 2022 but um because i had to get into a space where um I I had all these resentments about my family members, my parents and my upbringing. Like there's just a lot of things that had happened and that built up all this resentment growing up. But I had to get to a point where I had to just let it all go and for try to forgive myself as well for the way I responded to everything that happened and all that. So I think it's been a continuous forgiving of myself and telling myself like you know it's fine it's okay and just also a lot of positive self talk mm-hmm. so i think yeah that that's been a lot of self affirmation a lot of just forgiving myself for all the things and yeah, yeah. like i mentioned i easily let things slide so i i don't really hold grudges which mm-hmm. is something <laughs> at some point i'm like i really need to hold this grudge but the time someone will do something really nasty and then the next day i'll just like meet them and not i'll not have the resentment even when i want to yeah. so i've not really like it's not something i've struggled with a lot like mm-hmm. some some someone will do something bad and then eventually like it's like time you know because time doesn't heal but like me it's like mm-hmm. like i'll just i'll not want to be in your space but then i will not hold it against you yeah, like i just now be like i'm nah. no longer that passionate about yeah, it exactly by now. like because i rea- also realize that the reason why things really hurt us is because i care about this person and i have a certain expectation so now mm. if i don't have the expectation of you then there's like even if you did the thing then it's just like mm. like you don't as if you cease to exist I l- I love that you said that. That that's also something I've been very intentional about this year, just having like l- very little expectations of people. Cuz I think when I was young I just had all these you kind of it's like you feel like a main character and you feel like mm. oh my god I expect my mother to love me my I don't know it's just like all these things that you expect yeah. other people to do for you and give you. But now I've just gotten to a point where I'm going to take what people give me. And I'm not going to build any mm. other part of it in my head, like, and even in relationships, like, mm. please, like, I feel like there's what's happening, and then there's what's in your head, the the castle mm. that you've built up yeah. and all that. So, I, yeah, I've had to really be like realistic, and even with my friendships, if someone is giving me their time, I'll give them their time, but not be like, oh, I think this person wanted to give me their time. Mm. Yeah. The Lulu. And also, <laughs> is not so Lulu, but. <laughs> I also like recognize that there are times when because you you do that thing for that person, sometimes you start to 
think they should or you expect that they will also return it and it's mm. not always that case because most times when you're doing things you're doing them from who you are like this is who you are so you're showing up because that's just who you are yeah. and if it's not who the other person is like they're just not going to do it so yeah sometimes disappointment is because yeah expectations we really set ourselves up for yeah. disappointment and yeah. we can't help it <laughs> yeah i think it's hu- it's human man. yeah just dream um okay Oh, this is a good one. Mm. What were your best experiences this year? Um, so, um, wow. I know, I'm I thinking. So this year for me has been, I think it's been better than the past maybe three years that I've had. Like it's been fair. It's been really, I think, better than most. I have had more time with family because for the longest time I was like away from Kampala, what? But I've been like more present with family. Um, I've had more time with friends. I have grown my friendships, like mm. given them time because eh, I was always the person people had to make time for. People had to adjust plans to accommodate. Uh. So just having a bit more time on my hands has been very, very you know important for yeah. me. This is new freedom for you. Like it's yeah, it's like the freedom <laughs> of I have like time. Yeah, you know, I'm not like. I'm not doing stuff, but it's more okay. It's not breathable. like I have. Okay, let's not say I have time because I don't really have like so much time. Mm-hmm. But it's better than it was. Yeah. So it's yeah. I think I think that's just mm. that's been it. Yeah. Um. I think also for me, my best experiences this year definitely revolve around people. Um. I successfully lived alone for the first time okay. in 2023 so that was also one of my best experiences mm. living alone for the first time mm. actually yes that was amazing mm. uh, because just also getting in touch with myself and just figuring out who i am as a person past mm. all these bandwagon things where you're just like but why do i like eating this is mm. it because i was told it's like mm. so i had to sit down and like re and unlearn a lot of things that i thought i knew about myself and now like restructure and come back on like a new canvas and paint this new yeah. image of who i feel like i am now so i feel like it's been the best experience of my life that's been restructuring my character mm. who i am which is not even like really restructuring but just more being authentic and just figuring out my true self yeah yeah i, I think i relate because i've lived alone for a very long time so mm-hmm. <laughs> as and living alone did that for me because when i was living with my parents a lot it was as very protected and mm-hmm. also the reality of life because you'll be there and you feel like blue band is cheap or yeah. needle is there eh? Like there are things that you feel like are supposed to be a bit obvious until you're living alone, and then now you have to learn okay financial disciplines, and then you have to learn how to be okay by yourself and not because there are times when you're just because when you're with people you're always trying to feel like feel that space and maybe mm. there's silence and you want to feel it, but also being okay with your own silence and just your own company. Mm. It's beautiful. I love that. It's been, um, you know, f- you find out things about yourself that you didn't even know. You're just mm. like, okay, I didn't know I was this needy. Yeah. And you're like, oh! Because right. at first, yeah, because for me it was the cycle of, okay, at first being like, okay, excited, I love being alone. Mm. Yay, I'm in my own space. Then I went into a phase where it's like, okay, I need to get out of here and see someone. I, otherwise, I'm feeling like no one loves me. No one wants me. Oh no God. one cares about me. And even if I died, no one would find out. Yeah. I went through that phase. And then I would have like cycles of trying to go out and find like just to mm. fill that hole. But then I realized I would come back feeling even emptier mm. than I left. So yeah, then now I went through a phase of just where now I loved my company and I didn't even want to go anywhere. 
and calling me is now a problem. No, yeah. Then now I had to find a mix of hey, but you still need to go out, talk to people yeah. a bit, and then come back and regroup. Oh it's my been god! A I, think, I think I think we all go through <laughs> it because. It's no, been I a really, journey. really relate. I really re- relate because the so times when you emotions. get hyper independent and then you're just like in your space. And I struggle with that sometimes because even my phone, like at times I turn off my phone. Mm. You know, like my phone will be off for like a week. And you're fine and you're leaving. And then me, I'm like, oh. <sighs> yeah, but then I've, 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 yeah, I've had to do better. Yeah. Yeah, but living alone, honestly, I think it's an amazing experience for mm. any, especially as a young adult. God, you talked about the reality of blue. I'm telling you, when I left, I think they're just things you don't think about as a child. Mm. Like, you you see them there, but I think you don't think they're about. Like, you know, you, this, think this, you just think. It's like, obvious. the next coffee, who <laughs> buys the coffee? You just think it's always been there. Yeah. Like, there are those things, but I think the reality of that and having to sustain yourself mm. as a human being, oh my goodness. But I think that teaches you a lot, yeah, for sure. Does. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. So, the next question is what did you do to support your emotional well being? Ooh, nice, nice. I love that I'm just from talking about uh, living alone because mm. it touches a lot on that. I had to build a lot of practices that what are a lot of, you know, that what are my well-being. So I started, um, I've been journaling for a while, but I started mm. getting deeply into meditation mm. and creative wellness, things like the earth, plants, mm. pets, animals, and just trying to draw energy from living things around me. And also things like read, I mean, I've always read, but it's just there's something about just reading when you're by yourself and you mm. can even curate your perfect energy. You know, as a child, you're reading in your room, your brother mm. is making noise in the next room mm. there's what but there's just something about being able to craft what your ideal reading energy is like like do yeah. i want some slow i don't know instrumental music as i read do i want to so it's been exciting just figuring out who i am and what keeps me what really gives me peace mm. yeah so music has been a huge part of that reading lots of poetry lots of hydration Mm. Yes. Yeah, I drink <laughs> a lot of water and it really keeps me sane. It kind of mm. keeps my mind clear. And yeah, so it's it's been a lot of just doing that and repeat and repeat. Mm. Yeah, and showing up every day. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? For me it's it's been of course um the social support. I feel like this year I have had way like it's been more present because then I'm like with the people because then they had to support me but from a distance like mm. oh we're giving you a call but yeah. now like having people i meet my friends physically and you then feel the talking. love like i feel i feel a lot of that love because yeah. the times when you're just seated at home and someone's like oh let's let's, let's go and do this mm-hmm. let me let me do this for you i know it's like that and then i journal a lot like i'm a junkie i have so many journals mm-hmm. i love to journal i keep a gratitude jar oh yeah, so that's I, so nice guys Please pick up on these habits. Yeah, I give a How does jar. that work? Um, so um, it depends because you can get jars that already have cards. I in just them. bought jars for my house, literally. So yeah, so you can. Um, or you could get like sticky notes. So every single day I'm at the end of your junkie. like your day, you just write one thing you're grateful for, however hard the day has been. Like, and also to make it ah. easier, you can decide to write immediately you're grateful because sometimes mm. you forget. Sometimes you forget. Yeah. So in, if something happens, like let's say mm. some, someone does something really nice, you can just note it so that when you write, you drop it in your jar. 
and then when I feel anyhow, oh, you can keep a journal, a gratitude journal, depending. Mm. No, me, I want the journal. I'm gonna do yeah. the because I love so, activity. Yeah, and then you can like mix colors. Don't have only one mm-hmm. color of like sticky notes. Then when you're going through it, you can just open the journal and mm. like read through the things you've been grateful for. Because mm-hmm. then for me, it's like a reminder that oh, these good things have happened before and they yeah. can happen again. Mm. And you know, like. I'm worthy of goodness. Like it's like it's like a form of affirmation for me. So that's for one sure. reason why wow. I like do that practice. Yeah. yeah. So I like to do that. And then I also just like to take myself out and romanticize my life mm-hmm. and eat nice things without by like, yourself. By myself without because yes. I like to go out and I'm not worried about the price on the menu. I'm just like mm-hmm. what what do I want to eat? Me. And then I'm just going to order it and then eat. And then just do nice things for myself. Like if you like to go to the spa, go to the spa. Maybe mm. if you like to do your nails, do those things that excite you. Basically, yeah. I like love, that. I love that. I don't know how I didn't even talk about affirmations. I'm such an affirmation junkie. Yeah. And um, I have sticky notes all over my just that I move my, my wall. Yeah. And yeah, and I've done that. And I think even just with my gratitude lists, I think because I love activity, that joy mm. is just going to be more exciting for yeah. me. Because I've been writing down. Um, I feel like when we're having a bad day, you you forget about all the good mm. things. Like you forget about even the the most like you woke up today even that is just like a blessing right yeah. so i feel like that would be a really nice way for you to like just bring yourself up on a bad day and for me i love activities so i could imagine myself already just color coding them you know yeah. for a very good day it's like green and also they're like more <laughs> exciting sticky notes like you mm-hmm. get those ones that have like maybe floral i don't mm-hmm. know whatever speaks to you but yeah, yeah but you you just i don't know how i can explain the the happiness that you find in these small mm. small things like the way i feel with my quotes cuz me i i've put like quotes all over my bed from these people that i look up to and that yeah. inspire me so every morning i read them and i'm like if these people did all these things and mm. i know i can do it but like just finding those small practices yeah. that are in like individual for you also like they are crafted to you mm. right i feel like a lot of us just go online and find templates of how to feel better mm. of like but this is not going to work for everyone yeah. but just yeah i i love that are they done mm. oh i think there's only one pair oh. perfect okay it's a mix what made you cry the hardest this year what made you laugh the hardest exhaustion made me cry <laughs> Mm-hmm. I have this thing like I I think people think it's a joke but there are times when when I'm so exhausted I can be so exhausted and I'll just cry like I can't even help myself mm-hmm. the times when I felt like I was working too hard and I'm like this is too much work mm-hmm. then I just like break down and cry then what made me laugh the mm-hmm. hardest what made me laugh the hardest hmm. I think it it's, it must involve my parents because like every time I'm around my parents, I feel like how much my happiest. They are very funny mm-hmm. people, and they just—I don't know—they really just affirm me and mm-hmm. like they're very funny. So it must be something like maybe a joke my dad said or my mom said. But yeah, mm-hmm. being around my parents just does something to me. Uh, I love that. Um, and you talk about being around your parents and it being a fun experience. I don't know how many young people can relate to that. Yeah. How have you made like being around your parents be a fun experience? Because for a lot of us, it's yeah. fear. 
mode what I, I i knew it's a privilege because just going through school everyone would be social my parents would come for every function together you were every, those people because like, those people yeah and i think it's not about what we did but as what they did i think my parents try i can't say they are perfect but they tried to be present like they present through everything like and they've created a space where we do not fear them because when i'm going through it like the first my first instinct is this thing has happened and i need someone to talk to and i'm going to call my parents or call my sisters like or call like my like call one As of my family be. like it's just it's just an inst- but i think it's the, what they have created like that's safety my parents are very chill people you know like they're not going to like you could go to them with something and you're like this time around they're going to kill me yeah like this and then is they're it. like but why did you do that but you shouldn't have done that and then it's just going to stop at that and then you're just like eh. they're not going to do you get yeah. so it's just the safety that they've created and like they've just they just i don't know i think i feel like they they try honestly mm. they try yeah. and yeah but yeah. i love that it's it's good for us to hear positive stories mm. of you know child and adult relationships um i love that but i think what what has i'm trying to think about what has made me cry the hardest this year i think it's been actually i know we talked a bit about i think it's been a lot of the empath side of things mm. and i think that's affected also the work that i do there's an episode that i put out earlier this year and um it was a suicide and a suicide sort of episode mm. and you know when you open up about things people find it very easy to open up to yeah. you so i had so many people maybe about 20 people in my inbox telling me about their suicide stories and being very and I don't even want to get into how overwhelming that can mm. be to like now you know take yourself into I think there's this one um story of um a lady that had tried to kill herself with a 2 year old in the house mm. and you know she was telling me that this this her daughter became her purpose and she's the only reason she didn't kill herself but it's just like it's hard for me not to absorb all those mm. emotions right mm. not to absorb all those emotions so i think yeah that the hardest times that i've cried have been just like empathetic moments where i'm just yeah mm. yeah i think that that was the hardest time that i cried this year but the hardest times that i laughed this year i think have been around my friends i've been mm. it's been like i explained i had a lot of friends but no actual friends so it mm. was like a numbers kind of situation and i had to go through the whole you know cut everyone mm. off find yourself <laughs> whatever that whole thing yeah. but yeah but for me it has worked for me and now i feel like i'm at a better place to make friends mm. and the friends that i make genuinely make me laugh till you know i want to cry mm. like and it's just like i'm actually enjoying to be with you because we're together because we have the same interests or yeah. we enjoy the same and it's not just okay we're in the same school mm. or we are in the same it's not just by circumstance yeah. we are now these are friends i've chosen because i enjoy their company mm. and yeah so i think i think yeah, yeah when, when you mentioned the thing about empaths and as someone that has also shared about mental health a bit i think it's just because people just know that oh you're sharing very openly so i can reach out to you yeah but also i think people who do that kind of work should also recognize how to protect themselves for me, one of the things that I, la- I started to do is to look for where the help is because now I know okay these organizations provide this kind of services yeah. maybe I can if someone is looking for a psy- maybe a psychiatrist I can recommend them to maybe an organization that links people to that so yeah. like trying to make sure that I am you know like outsourcing mm. the help and I'm not like the center of the help because then when you you have to give help to 20 people it becomes and you're too like, much I'm just a human yeah it becomes yeah. too much and the truth is you're passionate you actually want to do the help but 
you're limited yeah, you're even limited. just being one yeah. human you're limited i love that and i think yeah i think for the conversation on mental health to change we really have to have a, a bit more of people coming together yeah. and more conversations like this i think which is why i'm just so happy that we're able to have you today mm. we still have another question why is this <laughs> yeah. segueing into uh <laughs> okay, let but me yeah. ask my yeah, question yeah 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 <laughs> so my question is what was the most valuable thing you spent money on this year why did you waste too much what did you waste too much money on <laughs> okay at least the, the question said valuable yeah so i know that cuts out all the but i think valuable valuable i'd say the internet yeah i'd say the internet yeah. uh, i spend so much money on the internet but then that's also because my whole life is on the internet i've mm. obviously shared about my work before and everything i do mm. is sort of like on the internet so i think the most valuable if i'm putting it in terms of valuable the internet helps me to make money yeah. and yeah all these other things the podcast and everything that i do is is based on you know me being yeah. online and yeah so i think yeah how can you work remotely without internet mm. i think that's the most valuable thing mm. i've spent but not the most thing i've spent money yeah. on but valuable and i think the what was the other question West, which one West? you wasted money on <laughs> West. um west i'm trying to see because like you know how we talked about that whole adulting conversation and having to live by yourself alone i actually don't feel like i've had to buy things where it's been a waste mm. but the wasteful situation would be the retail therapy yeah. where it's yeah <laughs> that the deep pits and yeah even then when i try to tell myself you know this is functional you know you're going to go to work and you're going to need this nice beautiful blaze i try mm. to in my head make it as functional as it can be but yeah i think that would be it my love i love i love clothes mm. um me i love clothes yeah. <laughs> and they make me feel better i don't know how to explain it yeah. but they make me feel better and yeah Yeah, I'm definitely trying to to work on that. I think the most valuable thing I've spent money on is documents. I had to apply for some documents and girl, I was like give me back my money. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it 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 was quite some money, but that's like the most valuable and then when it comes to the waste bit, honestly, like I said, I am guilty. <laughs> like I love brass jewelry. So there are times <gasps> when I'll just like uh, be and I'm like, mm, I think I should add Ooh, that. you're familiar with trinkets of, of brass? Yeah, I, I am. And more and more collection. Of course you are. <laughs> and some other, these are, these are shop at mm. the, na, bold, the no, bold? No, no, the, is it theater? National mm. theater. There's a shop ah, also yes, that has. Yes, with like African Yeah, with like African stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a friend that sometimes when she goes there, she's like, oh, I'll picked you mm. something. So mm. yeah, I really, really love brass. And then there's yeah. someone also I know in Kenya that, that sends mm. through some brass. So I love, yeah. I spend, sometimes I spend money and I'm like, mm. and so it's not like it's for me, but mm. like the times when I was like, oh, this is something I can buy this person. Like yeah. just that. Oh my. Also, yeah. I think the other thing that <laughs> I, I think it's just because I'm yeah. limited by my, I think the other thing, even if I go to reach, I worry that I would spend so much money buying people things. Mm. And it's always from a point of, did this person mention something they wanted? Or is this like something oh, that they really want? So I love thoughtful gifting. Yeah. Like, oh, even if it's like a key holder, yeah. but I wanted it, or oh, I saw it and, oh. Yeah. Because yeah. there are times when I've, like, I get money and then I see my thought process and I'm like, oh my God. Like, I'm always thinking, this person wanted this. This person's birthday came through and mm -hmm. I didn't buy them something. So it's like, it's like, yeah. I'm just, okay, I, I don't like to think of it as a waste, but it can turn mm. out to be wasteful. It's like, yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, but I think I, I love that. I want also, I think a New Year's resolution that, that's heavy for me is is buying my friends flowers on my yeah. list for next year. I'm oh. very intentional about doing it because yeah. I think it's it's just something that we need to do more of or even just, especially whatever they like, just yeah. giving people f- gifts that are thoughtful mm. and like them and yeah. not just this generic, oh, like, oh, they buy for perfume over guys watches or like we have these generic people. gifts yeah, like that we like give people, people wish yeah like can we gift people the way they want to be yeah. gifted and yeah like because you might give me something like so expensive and i don't yeah. even have need for it like i love books but i don't like to be gifted books because you want to know what i want me, yeah you won't know what i want <laughs> let's start there because people buy me like self-help books i don't like to read them so i'm just like i have self-help books at home that i have never read mm. but you spent like a hundred thousand and their ex- self-help book. books are expensive expensive <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah so yeah, I'm just but like, yeah, yeah i wish we could give people more i think that also comes from knowing people more like yeah. you know how you talked about shallow friendships mm. more like can i sit down with you and find out who mm. you are as a person past yeah. and also this. like we also have to be able to create that safety for people to be who they are because again if you're constantly like if someone is expressing who they are and you're like like talking down at it, yeah. then they're not going. They're going to be less likely to express their true selves, oh, yes. and so you will just you always have like an idea of who they are and not yeah. actually who they are. I hear, you, I hear so, you. Yeah, yeah. more. Let, let's let people be who yeah. they are. <laughs> it's, but it's yeah, a free world. Let's not impose our own preconceived idea of what right? the norm should be. Actually, I think that's with the gifting. I think that's what it says because mm. it's like. I remember there's a time I got someone gifted me a makeup kit <laughs> and I remember just feeling like cuz I don't do makeup so I remember just feeling like you know cuz you're just left like does this mean I need to wear makeup does yeah. this mean I do? you're just confused like, are you telling me something are, are you, you trying to give me are you coming yeah. But you know what? Yeah, we'll talk till the cows come home. Yeah. But it was so lovely having you here. I'm just Thank like, you. you know, you're just so, so easy to talk to. And I love what you're doing uh, on the internet, just educating people about uh, mental health and just talking about even the small things like, how are you doing today? Mm. And just things that we don't pay attention to. But do you have any parting shots for oh. our listeners? First of all, I'm so happy that I came Finally. through because. Yeah. It's, been, it's been like such a back and forth but I was like this time like I set For out sure. that day I was like whatever happens we have yeah. to show up I'm so so glad I came through it has been so it's been a nice conversation so easy it's been <laughs> like yeah I'm just like oh this is so chill I came yeah. here expecting to talk about the <laughs> pathway of what are you serious because <laughs> like when, when I thought of depression I was thinking like mm. in a very of course like a medical yeah. medical sense ah, but no I think I tried to be very chill about yeah. everything even when I approach very heavy topics yeah. i want it to be a very chill kind of energy thing. yeah because like, then people are more likely to even like listen and mm-hmm. it's like real life it's really. like just real life because yeah. i feel like we are all experts on ourselves so yeah. if we are all sharing as experts on ourselves yeah. it's, it's better so i think i love that yeah, and so. having you on was just you know it's like i said a manifestation of a dream come Thank to you. life guys i'm also actually going to share the link to our very first blog interview so that you guys yeah. can read it and check it out and see how much we've maybe I grown know, and we changed, have. Yeah. that's like two years ago oh yeah. my goodness and we were still trying to change the world mm-hmm. god god bless these girls <laughs> yeah but yeah but no every time i see you on the internet i'm just like yes it's just always that positive you know and i love to see women doing that mm-hmm. and I, I love to see women trying to 
make other women's lives easier mm. and their own and i feel like you really are embodying that mm. so Thank yeah you having so you on was just i cannot i will shower yeah. you with rose with compliments <laughs> and until like I said, I'll, I'll just have to go to mass because yeah i'll become too big for the year. yeah but yeah. um tell these lovely people where they can find you on the internet so, um you can find me on instagram at fiona underscore lucky which is spelled as Laker. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter at Fionizi, which has double E-Z-Y. I'll definitely attach all this. Yeah, and then you can find me on my blog, Tales of a Curious Mind. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Um, Yeah, so guys, this is it. Yeah. Uh, we've come to the end of what has been such an easy flowing you know conversation and we hope that you've picked up something mm-hmm. uh we hope that you had a lot to learn from fiona and yeah just keep you know being yourself trying to find yourself we know um fighting things like depression and anxiety is not mm-hmm. easy but i think being your true self is like a step yeah. in the right direction and finding out just what works for you yeah. but yeah we don't want to keep you for too long so let us go um i think we're out yeah love and light Bye. Be kind, kind, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye.